0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering. I am Nate, your friendly neighborhood spider man child. So this first plot is pretty dark, but we have a goth warlock, a death priest, and an anti-hero. So, well, it was kind of coming anyway. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Let's get into it last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes return to town after exploring the crypt below St. Astra's mausoleum with St. Astra's grandson, Owen when they encounter the neighborhood pariah, Bella. Is anything unusual happening? No, not at all.
1: Is anything unusual happening? It feels like something unusual is happening. What unusual is happening?
0: Well, it's really hard to explain, but sometimes when things happen in town, I I just... I know, and I come
2: here. How do you know? There might be a cream for that
0: concerned about Bella's ominous portents the heroes camp in the graveyard but after a short while the dirt starts to turn over above the graves
2: like at any moment a hand could suddenly shoot out
0: of I mean it could be a gopher
3: (laughs) three three giant gophers
0: that's exactly what it is let's
1: let's walk away from this for a second our heroes return to town to raise the alarm and the militia great let's Let's raise them. The graveyard seems to be coming to life.
2: Unlife. It's coming to unlife. And we had nothing to do with
0: it. <laughs> then our heroes return to the graveyard to battle the undead, only to meet a very special undead. Amaranth Strain, the slain priest from 80 years ago who died at the hands of the paladin and saint, Astra. Where is... Astra.
2: I know a lot of Astras. (laughs) We gotta cover this up.
1: (laughs) There are a lot of Astras. Which Astra are you looking for? Astra. The one who killed me. I think that Astra's dead. Who, Who are you? Good question.
0: The town is overwhelmed by zombies, and our lich proves unkillable as each skull crumbles, its body jumps to another nearby undead. In desperation, our heroes run back to town through the waves of zombies. The shadow that is just out in front of you steps into your range of view. It seems to have a little shuffle to its walk, and it says, Hail yourself! The weather's awful! And Sadie the Baker... Mm steps in what's all that
3: noise sadie your former master is on the warpath
0: the silent judge is on the warpath
2: amaranth hey we need to move that guy's only going to be running for like five more seconds
0: <laughs> blue Lane will grab sadie
3: and we will all head for the blacksmith's door
0: Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master.
3: Hi, I'm Mandy.
2: I play Boulane, the Cleric.
1: Hi, I'm Robert, and I play Xerus the Zealot of the Gods.
2: Hi, I'm Claire, and I play Creedan the Warlock of Love.
1: Man,
0: I'm loving these intros. <laughs> killing it.
2: <laughs> We're killing
0: it, everybody. Yeah, you get to the blacksmith's door, it is closed.
3: Rude. She'll
0: pound on it. You hear someone shout, Who is it? Boolane, Zerus, Sadie, Creedan. You hear like, a clunking noise, and the door swings open, he says, Get in here, quick, 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 quick! I quickly get in.
2: Humans, that's who it is. <laughs> or, well, Mostly humanoids. Human. Humanoids. Living, 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 living humanoids.
0: <laughs> Owen slams the door shut behind you, slams a board down into the latch, moves a chair back in front of the door, and he has a weapon and a shield, and you look across the room, and you see three small kids and two women and a man. You recognize the man, who was Owen's son from earlier.
3: Owen, I'm afraid that your grandfather's enemies are now your enemies, and
2: he is coming. For you. For you.
0: Okay. So, we need to, like, get out of town? Potentially.
2: Can we see the journal that your grandfather left, or are there any other items that he left here? It was his father's journal, right? Or was it his father's? (sighs)
0: Well, come here, and he walks over.
2: We need more information about this whole curse business.
0: Slides a trunk open and throw, pushes it towards you, and says, "This is my dad's stuff. Some of it's probably my grandfather's stuff."
2: Elaine will start to go through it. Yeah.
0: Give me an investigation roll.
2: Creden will dig through it, pull out a rubber mm-hmm. chicken. If anybody wants to help me with this? This is not my strong. I, 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 <laughs> I will help. You. Oh yeah, I got 13. a
3: twenty-two. All right, Creden finds it. <laughs>
0: So yeah, you're digging through it. It's old clothes for the most part. 22, Creedon, you pull out a...
2: Oh wait, I misread Intimidation and Investigation. It's a 19. 19!
0: Still, you pull out that journal that was there from earlier and start flipping through it frantically. You do find a side note reference. So apparently the paladin Astra, before he died, insisted on doing a walkthrough of his mausoleum with his son. And the kids mostly in this journal just bitching about it, just constantly like, oh, it's terrible. This is the worst. But you do find one interesting note. It does reference the fact that this rod of Astra can be used to make a permanent circle that will hold in the power of something called the Jade Skull.
2: That seems relevant. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll share that. Hey, is there any more information anywhere about this jade skull thing?
0: Like I said, I haven't done any I don't even know what's in this box, basically.
2: Sadie, do you remember anything about a jade skull?
0: Sadie says no. She rolls her knowledge religion and says, I have I have no idea about any Jade anything. You said this was this is Amarant? Is Amarant doing this?
3: Amarant appears to be undead. Would we know what a revenant is or is
0: there a roll or I mean, knowledge, religion, you can call him whatever you want to call him.
2: He appears to be driven by vengeance. A 10. I mean,
0: he's an undead driven by vengeance.
2: He
3: appears to be undead and he is driven by vengeance. Yes, that's a good way to put it.
0: With a 10, you have encountered zombies and skeletons, and he was in a zombie. Right. And
1: a skeleton. And a skeleton.
3: He appears to be able to move from corpse to corpse when we dispatch one after the other, so. We will be desecrating the entire cemetery tonight unless we can find a solution to this, which seems to reside with the scepter. Rod. The rod. It's a rod,
0: right? It is a rod. Sadie says, oh, God, we just, we have to, we have to talk to him. We have to tell him that, that I mean, Amarant wasn't malicious. What, what is, what does he even
1: want?
3: Sadie, I do not believe what you and I knew of Amarant is really any longer there.
1: He wants Owen.
3: He wants Owen and he wants his entire family. Sadie, what Owen, happened to Amaranth's family?
0: I I don't know. I have no idea. I wasn't I wasn't there. This I mean the story goes they Astra knocked down the door and they fought him and they died. Were they already dead? Well, not not according to Astra. Creedon?
3: Yes. Can you make yourself look like Owen? Probably.
2: Yeah, let me pull up the text for Disguise Self real quick, just because I haven't read it in a while.
1: I'm going to try and use religion and knowledge to get any kind of information on the Jade Skull, it as iconography, or it as legend. Yep, go ahead and roll it. Oh, that's an 18, which means probably a 22.
0: All right. So there is a legend of the Jade Skull. It predates the Empire, but obviously not the religion. But you've heard a tale of a fairly infamous creature inside of a jade skull. The term that comes to mind is a lich. And this particular creature, in legend there was only one of them, but it roamed the world forever, killing people who learned very interesting things. For example, if you invented something, it would try to kill you and disappear knowledge forever. That was its providence? It is referenced as an aberrant creature in very esoteric writings of the Silent Judge.
1: I'll relay some of that as Creedon is doing her thing. You alright over there, Creedon?
2: (laughs) Yes, I apologize.
1: I was ordered boba.
2: (laughs) Yes, I can disguise myself as Owen. Although... He might be a little bit tall, so I might end up being a slightly shorter version of him. I'm 5'4", I can make myself appear a foot taller.
3: I do not believe this creature has actually met Owen, so that probably will not matter. I wonder if he will tell you more, or if he will just try to kill you.
2: Oh, they got weird stuff in this boba. They've It has coffee and blueberry boba. I don't know. Ew. I I think somebody accidentally clicked an extra checkbox. It's very unique. I'm just going to put that aside. Okay. Usually you like
3: your co- coffee and your blueberry muffin separate.
2: Yeah. Anyway, yes, I can disguise myself as Owen. Should I do that?
3: I do not know if this will work, but it is possible. Are
2: we using me as bait?
3: Yes. Because I don't love that.
0: Owen says, N- okay, <laughs> if this thing wants me and my family, that's not going to happen. But we're going to get you kids out of town. He turns and points to the three adults and two children in the room you're gonna head south and you're gonna keep going until you get to turtle bay and then you're gonna send a letter to your uncle and he's gonna come protect you we gotta go find this jade skull guy because this this can't go on
2: agreed all right i was hoping he was talking to us that we, would get, <laughs> out that of we would get out of town and
0: run to turtle bay. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah <laughs> i mean
0: while my owen's oh, son is like dad our our whole lives are here why are we going to turtle bay and he's like Zombies. Duh. And he's like, I'm a, I'm a bartender, Dad. I'm a bartender.
3: There are bars in Turtle Bay. I, there are uh, so many bars in Turtle Bay.
0: <laughs> look, kid, we're going to open this door, and you have two choices. You can lock yourself back in here, or you can run for it, and I'm telling you to run for it. And Owen is going to roll his diplomacy check, and he does all right. And Guamai says, uh, fine, everybody, get a bag full of something. Blankets, something. And you you see them all running around packing little bags of things. Claire, you're just going to keep trying that coffee blueberry boba over and over and over again.
2: I was hoping I could dodge the blueberry boba. I'm going to have to fix it after we're done. <laughs> I can't dodge the boba. It's
3: everywhere.
2: <laughs> it's an explosion of flavor. <laughs> you You keep <laughs> sipping it and making these faces, and so it's funny.
0: pretty intense. It's... Uh, I'm experiencing it for you, uh, with you.
2: <laughs> Look, I've been through a lot this weekend. All right, and this boba may be the hardest oh, boba I've no. faced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Owen says, "All right, you ready?" I I suppose we yes. will have to be. Yes.
2: Wait, so am I dressing up as him or no?
0: Doesn't seem to be any no, point. He's no. coming with us. Okay, cool. Owen throws the door open, runs into the street, and it's just foggy and impossible to see.
1: I follow and him.
0: He points in a direction which. Seems to maybe be south. Hard to tell at this point. And the three adults holding two kids and bags of stuff just has start heading that way. And he says, all right, we got to get this thing's attention.
1: We found it mostly in the graveyard, in the cemetery.
0: Okay, let's head to the cemetery. Come on. All right.
1: Well, we head that way.
0: Sadie starts meandering after you.
3: The put the a hand on her shoulder and so says, Sadie, I do not know if it is a good
0: idea for you to come with us. Sweetie, I am very old. You mind
1: your own good ideas. Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
2: She she was holding her own out there. I mean, I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah, I'll let her. I'll keep pace with her. With the slowest member, which I assume is her.
0: Yeah, it is
2: Sadie. Can I roll an insight check on Sadie? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'm a little suspicious. Seventeen.
0: 17, Sadie seems deeply upset and concerned and determined.
2: Sadie, are you just trying to right the, the wrongs of your old masters, or, or you know, what?
0: Amaranth wouldn't do this. This is not Amaranth. I just, I need to talk to this thing that says it's Amaranth.
3: I agree. It is probably no longer
0: Amaranth. You head into the mist, heading towards the graveyard. At one point, you seem to drift pretty close to the temple. You can hear shouts... Clashings of swords. You hear some roar that sounds like a lion at one point. But do you continue to the graveyard?
2: Was there a lion buried here or are they just also getting attacked by <laughs> creatures? You know what? That that's not I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> one problem at a time. <laughs> Alright. I guess we'll
3: go
0: to the mausoleum. Okay.
2: Just running back and forth.
0: <laughs> As you are heading through the streets, you see shadows in the mist stomping around. You know there are zombies everywhere. At one point, one of them wanders towards the back of the group, and you see its face come into view, and it scans over you. Its eyes stop at Sadie, and then it just turns and walks away.
2: Seems good to have with us, I guess? Sadie,
3: what are you not telling
0: us? (sighs) I mean, nothing that I know, dear. I do my
2: own insight roll on her. (laughs) If only we had a zone of truth. (laughs) Uh,
0: I got a 17, so probably the same same information that Creighton got. She seems confused at this point, too, but still determined to follow. Okay, what happens at the mausoleum? You get to the graveyard's edge, and between you and the mausoleum are six skeletons standing shoulder to shoulder in a semicircle.
1: Any features on them that are interesting, like jade skulls? No, nope.
0: <laughs> they are just normal skeletons that are standing there. They don't appear to have weapons, although they, that's not true. They seem to have picked up implements from the storeroom where you encountered the centipedes earlier. They're not great weapons, but they're holding them.
1: Well, let's shoot them. Can you communicate? they are in our way.
0: They don't make any movements when you ask.
3: All right. We're here to speak with Amarant.
0: They make no motions. Mm.
2: Do, do we think Sadie can just walk past them?
0: Well, I'm willing to try.
3: <laughs> Shove the old lady out in front.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't
0: really want to do that, but... Sadie stumbles up and looks at them, and they look at her.
2: I want to ready an action in case one of them tries to hurt her.
0: And she takes a step closer. She's like right up in its chest, and it takes a step back. and She steps forward, and it takes a step back, and she just pushes it out to the side with her hand and it stumbles. And she says, well,
1: they're leaving me alone. I don't think that they'll give us the same courtesy. All right. I will walk in Sadie's path.
0: Yeah, I'll walk in Sadie's
2: path too. Readying an action as I go.
1: (laughs) I won't be surprised by an attack. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I want to have an Eldritch Blast ready. Yeah, the skeletons, um, they don't seem to react
0: to you at all. They're just standing there dumbstruck.
2: Hmm.
1: Maybe. All right, moving on.
2: Moving right along. Wait, what do they do when Owen passes? Nothing. All right, cool. Yeah, let's go.
1: <laughs> so
0: you get into the mausoleum, and it's clear that there are bones everywhere now. Stuff's been pouring out of the catacombs, and something interesting happens. Coming up behind you in a slow shuffle is a man, a fresh man, walks in and says, This one has lungs. Emerant. Hey, Yes. We would. Did you return to tell me where Astra's descendants have gone? Astra has no descendants. Amarant. He had a son. This was true when I died. He is dead. Amarant is going to roll his insight. Please roll me deception.
3: (laughs) Oh, and she's back there sweating. Boulane is a natural one liar.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice.
2: You're like, he has no descendants. Glance at Owen. Glance at Owen. Glance at Owen. <laughs>
3: he has no descendants. Wink, wink,
1: wink.
0: <laughs> you could not help yourself but glance at Owen when he said descendants. Mm-hmm. And then you said you don't, there doesn't have any, and the creature just is looking over your shoulder at Owen. And it says, Are you astra's grandchild and owen says yep (sighs) and i am the last of my line and i am here to kick your ass and owen rolls deception he actually does pretty well he gets an 18. uh amaranth rolls insight he does pretty well but that is only a 17. and amaranth says your grandfather murdered my family and i am here to murder his and the old woman just coughs, <clears throat> you are not Amarant. And the man shifts its head over and looks and says, who are you? And this woman stands up to her full height of five foot four-ish <laughs> and says, I am Sadie, apprentice of this temple, and you are not Amarrant." And he stops. This creature looks dead-eyed at Sadie and says, You've gotten quite old, Sadie. I told my soldiers not to hurt you if they found you. And Sadie says, "Amarrant would never do this. Amarrant would never. Well, that was before Astra murdered Amarrant's family.
3: I would like to know how that occurred. What happened?
0: Astra... Astra could not be reasoned with. He laid siege to the temple. I told him I would happily just destroy the undead. He said he didn't trust me, and he would do it. He said that I would pay for my heresy, and so I locked myself in the temple, and he came and said that he would kill each and every one of us in the temple, and if we opened the doors, he would make it quick.
1: So, to defend yourself from being called a heretic, you resorted to heresy?
3: After committing a grave crime,
0: pun intended.
2: Because there's basically nothing wrong with all of this. <laughs>
0: you misunderstand desperation. I have studied religions long forgotten. There were gods long before our empire, gods you know nothing about, and I simply asked them for aid, and they came. The silent judge did not.
1: There's evidence of the Silent Judge in your dwelling here, so... Let's not say she never came. I may have been distracted at the time.
2: So there's still a lot of people in
1: danger. We should get moving. It's a fair point. How do we destroy you?
3: (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Let me make it easy!
2: (laughs) If you tell us, it'll be quick.
1: I don't know the answer to that question.
3: Amaranth, is that your blood? That is still flowing in the catacombs down below.
0: It is not.
3: Whose blood is it? Lamia's. Mm. Did Astra do that to her, or did the Mm. Silent Judge do that?
0: Lamia felt that she would not allow Astra to kill her children, so she did it. And a bit upset that the Silent Judge did not return her prayers. For a miracle, she sacrificed them to the judge. And the judge is not a god of murder.
1: How do we end this madness?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you brought me the thing that I am after. And once I am done dealing with that thing, then I guess I must do the bidding of a god. And what is that? And which god? (laughs) To be honest with you, I don't know what it wants. Vecna is a god of secrets.
1: I see. I'm writing that down. (laughs)
0: That's in the spell book. That
1: it is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Owen, you think you can handle this for a bit?
0: (laughs) Owen says, uh, "How about you guys head back to the temple?" All right. And Sadie says, "I am not leaving this creature that claims it is Amaranth and is ruining Amaranth's good name."
1: Sadie, Owen's a strapping young lad. I do believe he can take care of himself for a minute. Why don't we step outside? Just step outside.
0: Roll me Persuasion. I would
1: love to. Roll to 15. That's going to be a score of 19. Sadie looks
0: confused and distraught, but she seems to be allowing you to guide her outside.
1: Great. Just just to the top of the stairs.
2: Why don't I have a a spell that could buff someone? (laughs) All mine are so selfish.
1: Would you... Are you all joining us or staying down there?
2: Um, shit. I think I'll follow I will
1: you. follow
3: you out, yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't like leaving Owen there, but Owen seems a little <laughs> determined.
1: Right. We are leaving. Just for a minute. Sadie, we what? have tried physically destroying this form, and it is unsuccessful. It is held together by some form of magic. I have in my possession a book that if we could destroy may help. Or we need to figure out another way to destroy the magic. Can you read Abyssal? Actually, <laughs> i I mean, on. I
2: could actually probably read it now. I can.
1: I'll pull out the book and try and find mentions of a phylactery or any way to destroy it or where its source of power is, those types of things. So as you're
0: digging through it, roll me Investigation.
1: That's a roll of a 12, so it's going to be a score of 14? 14.
0: 14. This spell in here is designed to pull the god Vecna to your presence. What that god does, or does not do, is not spelled out here in any way, shape, or form. There's no reference to a phylactery. There is something claiming to be a god that apparently is quite powerful, and it is here, you think, somewhere.
2: Oh man, we messed this up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do we
3: do? <laughs> I'm just trying to think out of character, but... What else is down there other than the running blood that might be a phylactery?
1: No, what I'm thinking about right now, given what we know, is I'm I'm looking for an object of power. Maybe it's a phylactery, maybe not, but it doesn't matter what it is. I'm thinking maybe it's a hand or an eye. Hold on, let me see if that's how meta that is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Roll me religion and I'll tell you if it's a hand or an eye.
1: Religion scores
0: 19. 19, so... You actually, you remember a tale of Vecna, only the, the version you read, he was not a god in any way, shape, or form. This of is, course he's not. This is a, a some sort of ghost <laughs> figure, a, a devilish character, who challenged the silent judge and lost. And in that tale, this creature lost an eye and a hand. And those items have
2: said to roam the earth. As Creden, I want to run back down into the mausoleum. I've been thinking on this, and Owen is defending his family out of love versus something angry about revenge. Divine Mercy would frown upon me if I didn't aid someone fighting for those that they love, so I want to I want to go help him out. I don't like leaving him.
3: Okay, so Nate, when we found that magic circle with the jade skull that Zerus smashed, there was a whole skeleton in there, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm okay. headed as well.
3: Yeah, let's go. Let's go see if we can find I'm, an eye and a hand
1: I'm there. actually <laughs> going to stay with Creed, and if she's going to cause a dust-up, you and Sadie go to the to the room.
2: Okay. Sadie and I will go down to the room. I mean, there fight. might be a lot more past it, though. Isn't it, like, farther in? And there might be a lot more on the way.
1: It's in the living quarters, okay. so hopefully... I mean, if you think you can make it.
2: It was that secret room. We had to find yeah. the
3: door, but we know okay. where that is. And Boulain can see in the dark.
2: Let out
1: a cry if you need help.
0: So here's what happens. Creden, you hit the bottom where the temple is and you turn left into the embalming space. And there you see Owen standing in the dark. His shield is tossed aside. His mace is tossed aside. And he's just staring down this creature. Sadie and Buleen, you head into this trap door. And on the floor in this very smoky room is the skeletal remains of a creature. There some tatters of robe that it might have been wearing at one point. The skull is smashed, little flakes of jade lie around, and it is right where you left it. Before we go to what's going on in that room, though, we're going to come back to Zerus and Creighton. Zerus and Creighton. Owen is just staring daggers at this zombie, and it says, This is what is right. This is what will make it right. And Owen says, You just
1: keep telling yourself that. Good. Owen? Yeah? What happened to your weapons?
3: I don't need them. Uh, you always need weapons.
2: <laughs> I will not let you fall here, man. I'm gonna cast hex on this <laughs> <The> skeleton <laughs> facing down as a bonus action, and then I'm gonna eldritch blast it.
0: Okay, we are gonna start a fight. Roll yeah. me initiative, please, everybody, but Bulane and Sadie. 14. Okay, bummer for Owen.
2: Wait, bummer for him? Oh, okay, his initiative. Yeah, I bummer. Was like, rolled I'm a two. To help.
0: Rather, Owen rolled a 2 on his initiative, and unfortunately the angry zombie creature appears to have rolled a 20. Oh, shit. So, oh. Zerus, what was your initiative? 7. Oh. Creedon, what's your initiative? 14. Okay. The zombie creature says, that will be enough of that. This will end here and now, Owen. Pick up your weapon and die like a man. And Creedon, you may shoot off your spell.
2: Cool. Yeah, I cast Hex on it. There is no save for that. And then I will Eldritch bust it with a 19 to hit. Yeah, that'll definitely hit. And that will be... Ooh! 11 force damage plus... This probably won't do as much, but everything helps, right? 4 necrotic damage as well. Oh, and I can choose an ability... I'll choose... Strength. It has disadvantage okay. on ability checks made for strength, as long as it's hexed.
0: Xeris, Creighton has shot off a spell. What are you doing?
1: I will move to stand in front of Owen. Beside in front of.
0: Okay, you are up next to Owen. Owen says, look, you want to kill me, fine, but you're going to be a bad guy. I'm not picking up that goddamn weapon.
2: Well, we will. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And meanwhile, end of the round, so Sadie and Bulane, you are where we left you. What are you doing?
3: Well, Bulane is going to... Okay, again, I am wondering what the limits of thaumaturgy are. Can she just put out the fire with thaumaturgy?
0: The fire's long oh, out. Oh, it's out.
3: The okay. fire's long out. It's just smoky in here, Still. So. Well, she will clear the smoke out if she can do that okay. and then she's going to search through the skeletal remains with her quarterstaff she doesn't want to touch anything but she's going to try to isolate an eyeball in a hand if she if it's here to find
0: roll me an investigate
3: okay no advantage because it's a body
0: <laughs> no not oh, in this case okay.
3: it's a freaky body it's a freaky body oh well but she got a 19 which is a 20
0: Alright, so you're digging through this body, and there is something you notice. So, there's no eye here. Everything has rotted away. But, in the eye socket of that jade skull that was smashed, there is some strange markings that seem to emanate from one of the eyes. And there is no fleshy hand here. There are two...
3: Okay, what do you mean there are markings that are emanating from the eyes? Like light is coming out in the form
0: of markings? No, no, I mean there's carved oh, okay, markings, okay, all right. like an explosion coming out, from... coming out from one of the eyes. The hands look mostly normal, but one of them, the skeletal bits, are very deteriorated, withered beyond what the rest of this thing is withered.
3: Okay. She's going to, again with her quarterstaff, gather the hands and this chunk of the skull that's got the markings on it close together Mm -hmm. and then she's going to cast guiding
0: bolt on them. Okay. You smash it with light. Yes. I don't know. Uh, You don't need to roll. I need to roll to hit that. Yeah. You you don't need to roll. Oh, I don't
3: need to roll. Okay.
0: No, it's an inanimate object, and you've set it on the ground and blast it with light. Meanwhile, back over at the fight, this zombie creature stands up to its height and says, I am not the bird guy here. And then he suddenly shudders and falls to both
1: knees. (sighs) We
0: will solve this another time. Smash my skull and be done with it.
1: I thought you wanted to fight. Your prize is
0: (sighs) here. Take it.
2: Wait, do you think he's trying to go into another body? Maybe he can only do that when
1: we kill it? Yes, I do. Maybe we should hold off.
0: He falls to his hands and Owen says, You get the hell out of my town. And you get every one of those people, those things, out of my town. And it looks up and says, Oh, we're leaving. We're already leaving.
3: So can I can I tell that this
0: thing's damaged? So it crumbles under the light. It just evaporates. There's just sand left there, Boulain. Okay. And Sadie steps up and says, I don't know what any of this is, but I'm sealing it in here. And she starts to cast a spell.
3: Sadie, wait. <laughs> We need to make sure this gets destroyed.
0: That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. may want to back up. Elaine backs up. And she says, Silent Judge, It has been nearly a century since I called you. Let us put this to rest properly. And she rolls a dice. <laughs> Meanwhile, this zombie has fallen to both knees. It seems visibly weakened, Kind of like that skeleton appeared when it was in the sunlight before, and it leans forward and says, This will all start again tomorrow night, and the night after that, and the night after that, end it for tonight. Just smash my skull.
2: (laughs) Mm, Nah, I don't think we
1: want to do that.
2: Grapple it so I can't do something stupid. It's easy to grapple right now.
1: <laughs> I I will go ahead and grab it. Okay.
2: It has disadvantage on the strength. Chip.
1: Okay, wow. It molds a two. That's good. It's disadvantage, so that's that's a three. My score of ten beats that, so that's great. I look strong <laughs> yes. still.
0: So you, you pull this zombie creature
1: up into a chokehold, I imagine? Mm-hmm. Armbar, but yeah. Armbar, okay. I don't think a chokehold's going to help. His arm just falls off. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: It chokes out and says, This is this is all temporary and pointless.
1: Then you won't mind. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought for sure Astra was still alive. Who else told you to go smashing my skulls?
1: Intuition. We kind of figured
2: it out on our mm-hmm. own. It, usually <sighs> a relic in a sigil of blood on the floor is doesn't take that many logical leaps.
1: Your heresy was obvious from your shrines. When you find Lamia, tell her I will
0: never forgive her.
2: That sounds reasonable, honestly.
0: And the z- zombie corpse goes limp in your arms. Oh. I let it go. It just collapses to the yeah.
2: floor. <laughs> it
3: springs to life. It goes, ha ha, just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then it runs away, going, Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in this space, Sadie has cast a spell. It appears to be magic circle against evil. Mm. And she has sealed the remains in a circle and is holding it.
3: All right. Boolain says, do you believe this will hold?
0: No, no. But it'll hold as long as I do.
3: Well, but you cannot just stay here, Sadie.
0: Oh, yes, I can.
3: Uh (laughs) (laughs) She says, Sadie... I have many questions for you, and you cannot answer them if you stay here to die.
0: I'm afraid I won't be answering any questions, (sighs) Bulane. I just make bread. None of this makes any damn sense. Clearly, that is not all you do. Sadie just turns her head towards you and says, I'm going to hold this here until dawn.
3: Alright, what would I roll about trying to destroy this dust for good? Because she doesn't believe it's dead and gone just because it's dust.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll me religion. Religion.
3: Ooh, that's a 17. Plus three is 20.
0: Okay, so you don't believe that the actual hand and eye of Vecna are here. What you found is symbolic remains, essentially. You think when this skeleton cast its spell, its eye fell out and its hand withered. Mm -hmm. Ew. And when you exposed it to sunlight, it was way, way, way vulnerable to this power of light and simply melted away. You believe that this probably had some symbolic power? You weakened something, some power in this area? But you didn't see it. Okay. And you're
3: still down in a crypt. I'm still down in a crypt. Okay. Okay, she will leave Sadie there for now. And go back and find Zerus and Cretan and Owen and say, I believe I found a remnant and destroyed that, but there is something else to destroy. Maybe we should go look in the catacombs after all.
2: Sounds like we'll need to.
3: There was a giant centipede in there
2: before.
1: It sounds like we have some time to rest. I suppose we do. We should do that first, and then yes.
2: All right. Oh, and you should probably follow your family
1: and get out of this
2: town. Go to Turtle Bay. They need smiths.
3: Pirates need blacksmiths, too.
0: Fine, I'll catch up with them.
2: I mean, he can probably come back once we figure this all out.
0: Yeah, look, you guys solve this problem. I guess I'll go take care of the kids. That is absolutely what you should do. And he picks up the shield and the the mace and the hammer and starts walking back out of the temple. I'll walk with
1: him. As soon as we're out, I want to listen.
0: When you get out, the fog seems to be dissipating rapidly. It gets back down to this three, four-inch fog on the ground. And all around you, it's gotten very quiet, but you just see these little lumps of things
1: that seem to have fallen over. All right. Should we get that room at the end? I don't know if we should
2: just leave Sadie, like, totally alone in the cataclyle.
1: The other option is we could sleep in the living quarters.
3: Blue Lane is going to opt to stay with Sadie, whatever the two of you do. She's not going to leave her.
1: All right. Do we need any provisions?
3: I suppose we could use food,
2: but I am content to sleep here. Yeah, Zerus, you and I can go to the inn.
1: We'll, we'll go. <laughs> we'll go to the inn, grab supplies, and return.
2: And nap. Oh. Okay. Fine. All right. All right. So
0: yeah, when you get to the inn, it's abandoned. Everybody in the inn seems to have fled for the temple. You can see the temple from the inn, and you can tell that Bella is there. Only she is wielding sabers and she seems to have six or seven strapping young men with her (laughs) all of which are wielding sabers
2: oh she's so cool
0: and they have set up a guard around the front of this temple and there's just a spattering of slaughtered zombies just making a circle around the front door of the temple the inn is empty there's no one there but you can get any food or something from the
1: kitchen you want yeah i want to grab i guess a set of fresh bread rations I want food that will travel the short distance but doesn't need to doesn't need to be shelf stable. Stuff that's fresh and recent rather than pack rations. Yep, you can find some stuff, no problem. Great. Do you need anything else before we head out, Creed?
2: I think I'll jog over to the temple and just let them know that things should be stable until the evening, I guess. They don't have to all hold up there
3: and let them know that Bella should get all the men she wants. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> also that. <laughs> I assume it's, it's late <laughs> evening to almost dawn? Yeah. Sure. I'll just walk with her and...
2: I'm like, you just sell eggs, huh? <laughs> Sabers. <laughs> In hand.
0: <laughs> and she says, I told you, I have an instinct. <sighs> anyway, the danger is past. I can feel it. Let's go home, boys.
2: I mean, it might be back tomorrow night, so, you know, if you want to... Make another trip up here.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. And they start tiredly shuffling away. All right. Creedon, I need an intelligence saving throw from you. Oh
2: my god. Oh no, intelligence is not my strong suit. (laughs) I just have a pretty face. Nine.
0: Xeris, you can also roll me an intelligence saving throw.
1: All right. (laughs) Uh, Give me a second. is not one that i pay attention to
2: (laughs) we're not we're not the smartest i mean intelligence saving throws are so rare
1: 19 so xeris they're walking away
0: and you look down and notice something odd about the the tracks that they're leaving so i mean the men are leaving boot prints as you would expect in the moist dew that's left after this fog but bella is leaving paw prints and not little paw prints very big, let's say, I'm trying to think of a medieval object the size of a basketball, but we'll go with basketball anyway. <laughs> basketball sized <laughs> paw prints. Melon. melon. In the melon. There you go. <gasps> melon sized paw prints in the mud and dew. Hmm.
3: So like a dog paw, cat paw, bear
0: paw? Your intelligence saving throw alerts you to the fact that you are observing an illusion.
1: Yes. Well... <sighs> That's on the list of weird things.
2: (laughs) That is like at the bottom of our list
3: right now. (laughs) Weird things, but doesn't seem to be harming anything at the moment.
1: (laughs) Yup.
0: Welcome to the mid-roll, and it is time for World Generation Step 5, Player-Generated Plot. Now, I'm not going to do too many more on World Generation. I think this is about where you can figure it out from here, and it becomes tips on how to DM in general. So, here's my last one. At this point, you've recruited players, you've shown them the map, you maybe have a document with some world ideas, you have a starting scenario. I've shared with them some themes that I made, and behind the scenes, I have some plot ideas. For a full campaign and real details about our first couple of sessions. Now, I stop writing the world. Yes, it has huge holes in it. My cities aren't well defined. I don't know who's in charge of what. There are monsters, maybe, but I don't know much about them really. Uh, but I can generally talk about some big factions if my PCs want to be part of one of those. In short, this world isn't done. In my design style, this world will maybe never be done. But I won't consider it nearly complete until i've run two or three campaigns in it the world of carrots and suffering will be defined in maybe three campaigns the first defines just one kingdom the second defines a larger kingdom the third finishes up defining this continent that makes up my world eventually i might have a new continent and i might make a fourth campaign why start with all these glaring unfinished edges in my world well now it's time for the players to do some writing themselves. They make characters. They give me backstories. They tell me about the politics of their home city, at least as much as they want to. They also form the next seeds of invention that spur my creative juices. A a paladin from a monastery in the far northeast. Why are they training martial warriors? Who benefits? Who loses? What will be interesting to encounter when this character returns to their monastery? The players are now filling in my map. They'll contribute at different levels. Some of them will craft a family tree in 80 years of history in three small towns. Well, some of them will declare themselves orphans, pick a town at random, and work on their character voice. The goal here is the opportunity. The follow-through by players is mostly optional. Why do it this way? Well, I don't need details before the characters encounter them, generally speaking. And in the meantime, I give them the gift of freedom in their character design. For this gift, I do expect them to give me some inspiration, some freedom to write their tales into this world. I hope that by giving them inspiration and flexibility, they'll return the favor. The best gift I can receive as a DM is a character with dangling plot threads from an area I didn't define and permission to go to town, to add it without restrictions to the story. Step six, if there is a step six, is to just start muddling through a campaign working as I go but I will use airtime for some other philosophy instead. Okay, folks, you have a world. Remember, best world is world that gets used. Go forth. Enjoy the game. Then our scene opens... With Boulain and Sadie Mm -hmm. in a room surrounded by the burnt ash of books next to the crushed remains of a skeleton and a badly smudged circle on the floor, a faint light is emanating from around the circle that Sadie's hand is actively positioned on. And for the audience's benefit, Sadie is a hundred-year-old baker woman. She is actively teetering. Mm
3: -hmm. Vulaine is going to leave Sadie to it for a minute, and she is going to go to the room where the blood is running, and she's going to take out the raven, the taxidermy raven that Sadie gave her, Mm -hmm. and she's going to set that up, and she's going to take out her little travel brazier and some oil and fill that and light it, and she's going to burn a few incense powders in that, and she's kneels in front of it, and she says, I do not wish to anger you, but there is a lot I would like to understand here. At face value, this is seeming very unfair, and she's looking at the blood running, and covered up, and... We do not today know the story that really happened here, and I want to know what that story is.
0: Give me a religion roll.
3: Okay. Oh, not great. (laughs) Five.
0: The crypt is painfully quiet.
3: Mm -hmm. And she goes on a little bit. She says, "I, I understand the transgressions that happened. And I would not expect you to show up in person the way they were asking you to, and the way they asked these gods to, but I wonder at the extent of your wrath in the face of desperation. And then she extinguishes the brazier, and studies the taxidermied raven for a good hard minute. And then she sighs, and she puts the brazier away, and puts the raven away, and goes back and says, Sadie.
0: Sadie's sort of focused, and you can see sort of beads of sweat running down her face as she's holding the spell up, and she says, yes.
3: What happened between Astra and Amaranth?
0: I'm not positive. Astra was pretty tight-lipped about it after the whole thing went down. But I gather he was so incensed by what he witnessed, that he made some big threats, and Amaranth and Lamia believed him. In the end, they, they didn't survive, and Astra did, and the church praised him for his purging of the undead. And you just walked away, because what else could you do? I've lived a long time, and I've found that late at night your mind starts to wander, and I've wondered what happened here. And I think I understand a part of it now. Yes? The Silent Judge is not a god you pray to for earthquakes or typhoons. The Silent Judge did grant their prayers. She came to take them to the afterlife. It's not what they wanted. It's what she gave them. It's her nature. It's what they were taught to believe. And they didn't accept that. They wanted earth-shattering magics.
3: Because of what they had been reading in here, she gestures around the room.
0: Maybe. Amaranth was a, a history theologian. He loved to look into the, the long-running tales of gods before gods before gods. And I guess, many hundreds of years ago, the Silent Judge was neutral on the issue of undeath. And he felt he could get away with raising them, and apparently he did. But, whatever it is they did in their desperate hour, they definitely broke the rules of their god. Of my god. Mine too. Well,
3: how long will the circle last?
0: It's not a very long spell, and I haven't cast magic in many, many decades. But I'm hoping that the Silent Judge will grant me some extra time.
3: An earthquake of extra time?
0: Just a few extra hours will do.
3: Well, I will wait with you.
0: As Zerus and Cretan are heading back, the ground is sort of littered with zombies and skeletons that have just sort of like run out of batteries. You know, they are just sort of fallen over and are twitching and struggling a little bit but like generally the sunlight seems to have really ended a lot of the magic here and it's it's obviously not gone these things are still animate but they are not a threat
2: Creighton while walking is going to look around and speak to xeris and say xeris have have you fought a lot of undead before
1: no no this is This is a grave scene. I've read about them mostly in books, but I've never encountered one.
2: Oh, you seem so confident against them. Xeris, I'm scared. I've I've never seen anything like this. They don't teach you how to handle this in the Church of Divine Mercy.
1: (laughs) I was taught to be ready for most foes with my axe. Or my wit.
2: You're going to keep me safe, right?
1: Of course. The divines protect us. (sighs)
2: okay let's do this
1: you clearly have mercy's favor
2: i can't even make someone smell good i can't even get you with someone i don't know about that
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe she knows where her blessings are wanted and you don't yet
2: all i want to do is hook people up make them happy (laughs) (laughs) all i want to do is for everybody to bone down but not like this gestures to all of the corpses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the serious moment. Uh, well, let's, let's
1: get back to. Uh, as B-Lane. you are
0: strolling through the graveyard, you see townspeople basically with farming implements just chopping up undead wherever they can find them. That seems to be what they've decided on as the best answer to this problem.
1: I was thinking something similar, so I'm glad they're on it. Back to the crypt, indeed.
0: So the crypt has a living space. It it even has really old cots that maybe had straw on them a hundred years ago. But you can get pretty comfortable down here. It's it's oddly temperature controlled, nice and cool. A couple blankets, and you're you're sitting pretty happy, I guess.
3: I know we do not likely need a watch through the day hours, but it would be good if someone stayed with Sadie while the others slept. So perhaps we could trade shifts on
2: that. When was the last time we took a long rest? It's been like less than 24 hours, right? You...
0: It has been about 24 hours. And if you'll recall, your sleep the night before was disrupted by a giant pheasant snake. Yeah,
2: I remember that. (laughs)
0: it's fair to say you're very
2: tired okay I think I really need some sleep but Cretan points her first two fingers to her eyes and then to (laughs) Bulane and says don't let that happen again I promise I will
3: wake you up if a giant chicken shows up
2: I mean or if anything shows up and tries to climb into my bedroll or you know sit on me it just happens so fast (laughs) <laughs>
3: Didn't I guess I don't know that. <laughs>
1: I'll take first watch with Sadie.
3: All right. you can wake me up in four hours.
1: Zerus, roll me medicine, please.
3: All right.
1: Medicine is plus zero, so I've rolled a nine. Your shift
0: goes by without issue. Sadie is just deeply focused on this circle, and it's holding. The spell she's casting is holding.
1: Four hours, I'll wake up Mm Elaine. Okay. So envious of that ability.
0: (laughs) Give me a medicine roll, please. 13. You do not believe that what Sadie is doing is sustainable. You think at her age she is going to give out, and probably that is just a matter of when. You think she's probably already overexerted herself?
3: She'll say, Sadie, do you need food? Do you need rest?
0: No, no, no. I just need to make it a little longer.
3: The only thing I can do for her... I guess I could
0: cast Healing Word on her. She's not damaged. Oh,
3: I do have False Life. I could, I could cast False Life.
0: Give her some temp HP?
3: Yeah. But It lasts for an hour.
0: Giving her some Unreal Vigor. Even though the HP mechanics don't technically work like that, I think Mm. is good. I think I'll give her advantage on this con saving throw that I've been rolling every shift. Okay. Creedon, you have third watch.
2: We're waiting until night again. Is that what?
1: I thought we were just—we're spending eight hours. So we're spending eight eight hours. hours. Yeah, I thought we were just
2: trying to do a long rest.
1: You were doing a long rest.
0: Long rest is achieved. So Creedon, you wake up.
2: I'd like to establish that Creedence Sleep's extremely ugly. You've been, like, hearing snoring the whole time. There's drool 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 everywhere. Very inelegant.
3: (laughs) But the bedhead is epic. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) I prestidigitation my hair back into place when I wake up.
0: Man, magic is so useful. It is. That alone, that's all you really need.
2: I prestidigitation my eyeliner wingtips to look extra sharp. That's my battle battle (laughs) paint.
0: Sadie removes her hand from the circle, and you feel this sort of pull of air in the room around you. And Sadie says, well, that's all I got. And she lays down on the cement.
2: Can Can I check on her and make sure she's still okay?
0: Sure, roll medicine.
2: I'm probably great at that. Oh, that's a 14.
0: Oh, uh, she's not okay.
2: Oh, no. Bulane! She's Belain. She's
0: not okay. She's a hundred, and this was... A lot of work.
3: I think Bulane was back in the flowing blood room. And so she, when you call her, she comes back and says, what is it?
2: I don't think Sadie is doing so well. Can can you, can you look at her? I don't, I don't know about this stuff. Bulane will check on Sadie.
0: Roll me medicine.
2: Oh, natural
0: 20. Natural 20. Sadie is exhausted and dying. Uh, of old age, so there's nothing your magic will probably do to save her at this juncture. You think she's got...
3: Well, we're all dying of old age.
0: Eight hours, maybe?
3: I mean, I do have the spare the dying cantrip, which can stabilize someone, but if but it sounds like it's just a matter of time. Yep. Okay. Bulane is going to look up at Creedon and say, help me move her, and we're going to take her into one of the embalming, into the embalming room and put her on one of the, like,
2: stone slabs in there. As Creighton is trying to help move her, even though I'm sure she doesn't weigh much, you see, like, Creighton's, like, straining under the weight. <laughs> I looks up and says, Stop that. I'm, I'm not doing it on purpose! I'm trying, Zeris <laughs> just watching.
3: Could easily help.
0: <laughs> so you can get her moved. She does not weigh much at all.
3: Sadie, I can wait with <laughs> you. I can also speed this along
0: if you need me to. She reaches up and puts a really frail hand on Boulane's hand and just says, No need for either. I'm in good hands.
3: All right. Bulane's going to get out a whole assortment of ointments and other things and start setting them up and start doing a last rite.
0: Roll me a religion roll, please. Okay. That's good. Eighteen. You're setting up for this. You're delivering the last rites, and you you really feel a presence in the room. Mm. You're having a very spiritual moment here. This seems to be working better than you'd expected from a mystical perspective.
2: Okay. Uh, is Creedan watching? I I think I would have been in here. I would have been like trying to. It, it, it's probably normal for people to like also pray to other gods in situations like this, right? Like even if it's not the god that they follow.
0: Yeah. The gods each have a portion of life on this mortal realm that they govern, and it is very common for people to give thanks to them whenever their realm comes along. The limitation is gods only grant power to mortals, one god to one mortal, Mm. so...
2: Okay. Yeah, then I would be also like saying a prayer to the silent judge, I believe uh, in this situation, but mostly trying to stay out of Bulayne's way or providing any help because I know that she's the expert.
3: She wish she would put her to work. But so so Blaine, whenever she she's pretty considered in and slow in her movements generally. She she's not she's not a rushed sort and especially when she's doing her job, it's like every movement is very almost premeditated she's almost moving through this dance and when she starts to feel this added presence here you notice she slows down like even more and she's she pauses and she looks around for a moment and then she continues and she seems to be i don't know heightened a little bit
2: belin is everything okay
0: creedon roll me religion here really quick
2: yeah sure not my strong suit nine
0: no additional information is present.
2: <laughs> Raised in the church, but didn't pay attention. did <laughs> after, after
3: a little bit, her eyes actually water a little bit. Um, and she doesn't start weeping, but she's obviously getting a little bit emotional.
0: At the end of your last rites ritual, Sadie lets out a ragged, long breath. And over on the little altar you've essentially set up with your raven and your incense burner. You know, one alcove down. You hear a flutter of wings, and then Sadie is done. Mm.
3: Elaine lets out a long, long breath, and she closes Sadie's eyes and puts two coins on them and says, may, may this journey end and the next one begin. That's that. She starts putting everything away.
2: Um. So I hate to, you know, bring this up, but um, how do we make sure that she doesn't come back again? Because that would be pretty tough if we have to take her on while, you know, a uh, zombie. How how do we handle that in the most respectful way?
3: Does we handle it by finishing our work here before nightfall. And then it will not be an issue.
2: Yeah, but what if we don't? Then...
3: We will remember that she is not in her body anymore, and while we try to respect the bodies, <laughs> when the bodies are killing us, we kill them back. Okay. Let's get to
2: work, then. Voolain will go and wake
3: up Zerus and say, Sadie is gone.
1: Oh. um, Do we need to care for the body? It is done. Ah, uh, of course.
3: So, after she's put everything away again, so we need to go back into those catacombs to see what we can find there. There is at least one giant centipede in there.
2: I can possibly try to pull it out. I could move it, you know, in five feet increments, maybe? I mean, it could pull away, but I could try to get it out of that out of that uh, crevice. Might be easier to take out then.
1: There are probably a few... Critters that have made homes in and among the dead there Ugh. we can also come at it from the other direction because we use the entrance in the uh, i've forgotten the name of the room but we use the en- the other entrance and we have this entrance here near the living quarters that so we could go in and see if we see anything more interesting
3: Lily nods and says yes let's let us do that I thought she looks at Creed and says, for someone who loves cemeteries, you do not seem to love what actually goes on
1: in
2: cemeteries. I'm a very complicated individual. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't understand, Belaine.
1: Does someone have a dagger or short blade I could use?
2: Yes. Creed will pull out her thigh holster dagger.
1: That works. I actually just leave my axe in the living quarters, taking the dagger in with me. Going into the secret entrance, this is a tight
0: squeeze for Xeris, so a dagger is a good move because I don't think you could have swung an axe in here, period. But you are, you are walking sideways. But a lot of the alcoves are empty, as if things have just disappeared, maybe walked off. But as you walk in further and further, you see uh, uh, there were plenty of bones here. Not all of them ended up getting up and walking out. Some of them seem to be just too far deteriorated to have come back together into anything you can still see like twitching finger bones this area is alive in a way go ahead and give me an advantaged perception roll
1: roll of 19 gets me a score of 21
0: you know you're looking for this giant centipede and you spot it long before you think it spots you
2: well do we have like a torch as well in here?
1: yeah i'm assuming i have a torch yeah. in the other hand
0: you you know you imagine it knows you're here but it, it, you are you spot it well outside of ambush range you can see its head sort of pulled back about four inches from the opening of one of these nooks and it's its head is solidly like softball size with giant pinchers it looks like it's waiting to pounce you
2: how how far how far away can we see it
0: if you're following Zerus in, you won't be able to see it because this is a squeezing scenario okay. and seeing around him is nearly impossible.
3: But there's a second entrance at the other end of the catacombs, right? There is. No, well, we could we could do a pincer attack. Yeah, let's do a pincer attack.
0: How
1: appropriate given the
0: thing that is going to <laughs> yeah. attack
1: you. I suppose I will wait here to see you on the other side.
0: Yes. Bulane and Creighton, you move through to the other entrance. As you are passing the last embalming table where the cursed blood was, that scene has changed. The cursed blood is gone, Hmm. and prancing about on the internment slab is a raven.
2: Oh, that was what the fluttering of wings
3: was. Bulane's eyes go wide, and she says,
2: Hello? Wait, does it look like a taxidermy raven?
0: It does it sort of causes at you.
2: Pauline, I didn't know you could do that. That's so cool.
3: I d- do I I cannot do whatever this is. Oh, oh. She peers at the raven and says, "Sadie?"
0: It causes at you. And that is a wrap for today i was worried they weren't going to find sadie for a while and that episode would have just ended on a hellish downer don't forget to leave us a rating and review special thanks to todd ferguson and my pet machine for our tunes and julie at an elaborate flight of fancy for our logo remember to support your local artists whenever you have the cash what will our characters do to solve this wandering spirit lich creature find out next time on carrots and suffering a DD odyssey